Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Thank you for Thank Ian, you Lord. For Ian, Lord. Thank you for Thank all you for that you've spoken, spoken to him about. And we pray your anointing on him now to bring us your word. Us your that word. We would we have ears to hear what you have to say to us, Lord Jesus. Bless him. Bless him. And be with him this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I remember somebody saying to me some time ago, you don't laugh in church and you don't enjoy yourself. Well, I think we've dispelled that this morning, haven't we? In a great way. I want to give a warning, to give a warning first of all. First of all. Uh, you know uh, what? I've you been, know out been out of sync with my eye, and, and uh, I've done much preaching. I just preached in Chesterfield a couple of weeks ago. But but I remembered a few years back when I had a slip disc, and I got invited to a church that I'd never been to before. It's quite a big church on the outskirts of Chesterfield, and it's. Uh, uh, not, not, she would say, as liberated as we are. Anyway, anyway you, you went you, into you the went church, into because, the you church because you looked out, everybody, everybody got, got collar and tie on, and, tie on. and of course the suit in, in, in my life, and some women still, still got hats, hats on. on. Uh, of course, to be in a pulpit, you've got to have collar and tie. And the congregation, we'd all get thrown out, wouldn't we? We don't do it anymore. But I remember going into the service, the secretary took me in, read the notices, introduced you. I got up into the pulpit, which is one of these up in the air, and there was an old mighty bang at the back. Then there's one or two screams, and then there was laughter. And I thought, whatever's going on? I thought, I've got my coat on back to front or something like that. You know what you do? You think, it's me. Then I looked and there was a rather large man getting up off the floor. And the bench had gone screwed with because it was one of those bench pews. Well, I suddenly realised who the man was, who was one of the deacons at the back of the church. Years ago, when I used to go to the pub about five hours a week, I used to pack a certain chip shop. And I got to know him quite well. He was a nice man. And if he'd got anything left, he used to wave and for a few amounts of money. He gave me chips or a meat pie or something like that. He was one he of the elders of the church. And it was quite, quite funny because at the end of the service, he said, you're the you're last the person, person I would ever expect to be in to our, be in pulpit, our pulpit, pulpit tonight. tonight. Well, well, it was, it was, it was gospel, gospel night, that was, because, because it's some of these pictures, I don't do it so much now. As soon as the sermon finished, or the service finished, I always run for the back door. Because, because before anybody, before anybody can, get out, can get out, because that's because the way that's you can way chat you can to folks, folks and find out where they are where and they are, what they're doing. What they're doing. So, so that's the warning. That's the warning. Right. right. I've caused chaos in the number of churches, churches over the years, and I want to cause chaos now. We want to read the scriptures, scriptures but I want you to help me do it. So I wonder if you all stand up, and if the scriptures that are back there... 
and it's and um, it's, um, it's Acts it's 2, Acts two. And, if and if you read it out with me, because I just want you to get it into your being, it's all about the early church, and that's what I want to speak about. I'll read it off my notes because they're a bit bigger. So if you want to start with me, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the worship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs performed by them. All the believers together had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You were brilliant. Thank you. Now, the first Christians were a minority group. People had never seen anybody like it or anything like it in all the years. Remember, they were, they were all Jews. And they had such a, well, they had such a, I'm thinking of the word, they had something that they had never, as they have never seen, they had something that was got a magnetism about it that they thought, they saw that they were great people altogether. And I've got one or two little headings. Togetherness, of course, is a draw. And this is what I want to talk about today. Talk about unity and togetherness. I'll give you two instances. When Jenny came, uh, discovered we got, she got cancer, uh, the, the football club, I always go back to football, don't worry about it, I'm not talking about football at the moment. We've got football in the community. Every big football club has a community group. And we at Chesterfield's got a very good one. I worked there for five or six years with them, voluntary. And they decided we wanted to do work among people in Chesterfield who were suffering with cancer or had suffered with cancer. It was set up, it, we got a grant for some money. The uh, Macmillan nurse came with us. But one lady, a uh, husband had, had cancer, and it, it had it really badly, really, I suppose. It's probably described better. And she'd given up her job. But she sat there and she said, you know, this is marvellous. We're all together. You've all gone through different circumstances, but you're all helping each other. We're all encouraging each other. And I've got one of those scattered minds that suddenly went, wow, this is how the early church was. And this is what I believe the church today should be. We should be caring for one another. There should be a togetherness. There should be that unity. And I'm sure sometimes you've found out it doesn't been quite like that. And is that they were bold in every way. It says that they went to the temple daily. They, they went to pray. Now, I, always, I don't know about you, but and you theologians, always amazes me, isn't that the place that caused Jesus to be crucified? Isn't that the place where they wanted him out of the way and the, the uh, disciples too? 
yet they went boldly. Uh, somebody once said that they, the word they, they would use didn't start with, they started with, be, it wouldn't be boldness, it would be balmy. Because would you go in a place where there was all this uh, against you? But they did. They went boldly. They were bold people. They got an unsearchable nerve. They continued, they said, daily in the temple. But that's what the outpouring of the Holy Spirit did for them. They continued, they didn't give up. You know, there's a lot to be said about the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I'm privileged this morning to say that we're in a church that believes in the Holy Spirit, that believes in the gifts of the Spirit. You know, many churches have closed their doors on that, but, but uh, praise God that we still believe it. And it's, uh, we see it amongst us, and you've seen it this morning. The Holy Spirit does do great things. You know, if ever you want to, uh, a start to a meeting, uh, probably a, a group meeting, have a thought of a certain things that's happened in the Bible. You would have loved to have been there when it happens. For me, of course, it, it would be that day in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came. Wow, wouldn't that be great? I've tried to work it out in my mind one or two times what it was like. I've been in two, one or two great meetings. Uh, well, I'll describe one was Heidi Baker. If you come with Heidi Baker and she starts praying, everybody's a flat out later. Wow, that was... Uh, and one when the Holy Spirit came to Sheffield. There was a bit of rumpus about that. The man who prayed Holy Spirit coin, come, and it did come, was an Anglican bishop. Whoa! <laughs> but uh, what, what a night that was too. He'd, be, he'd been in South Africa, and he, he'd come and he'd prayed. Right, they were bold. They'd got an unshakable nerve. There was harmony, there was fellowship, there was persecution. And I don't quite understand about uh, wh where it says that they enjoyed the favor of all people. Well, some of the people didn't favor them, I'm afraid. Um, there, there was a famous um, Jewish writer who was totally against Christian, the Christians and Christianity. But he said, the one thing I know about these Christians is that they love each other. There's harmony. It was such a witness. And of course, it's not always like that, is it? But I, I always like that poem that they found under the pew in Scotland. And some, many of you all know it. And it says this, To live above, my, that will be glory. But to live below with saints, we know that's a different story. And it's true, isn't it? We've got different persuasions, we've got different views, we come from different backgrounds. But under the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have harmony, and that will give glory to God. When you look at it, they got, they got rid of bitterness, they got rid of criticism. Falling out disappeared in the flow of the Holy Spirit. There was no pushing for position. I've come across that so many times in church. Now, you want to pray for your leaders because they haven't got an easy job. I know uh, we led a, a Pentecostal church for a year or so when the, uh, 
minister was ill in a way. And boy, I was glad when he came back. Some of the problems that there was, wow, and I wouldn't go into them. But so, that's that. But let's put all these things away. And one of the things, of course, and it keeps coming up over and over again, is forgiveness. A lot of folks have spoke to me about it, and, and majority have said, boy, we have problems with forgiveness. And somebody said a few weeks ago, and I, I can't remember where I heard it, that forgiveness is like an onion. It just it go, keeps tearing off the layers. I'll tell you a story then about that. I had trouble for ages with a certain person who caused me a lot of grief. And uh, I'm sure some of us have had the same. And I've heard many good sermons on forgiveness. I've, I've got about three or four books in the library on forgiveness. And I've baffled with this for ages and ages, this one certain person. And I remember one day, it, this has gone on for years, Perhaps I shouldn't be in the pulpit, but it, it went on for years. And then one day I was out walking. I love to walk sometimes and just pray and just commend things to God. And God said to me, you know that list that you've got about that certain person? Yes, Lord. Tell me about it. And you know, God had wiped the slate clean. I can't remember, I couldn't remember it and I can't remember it today. You know, God does, sometimes he does things slowly and steadily, and I can understand that stripping off the layers of the onion. God's very gracious in the way he acts and the way he works. But to finish that story off is, two days after I was walking in the opposite direction, and the person riding my bike towards me, <laughs> I thought, wow, what do we do? But, you know, God had dealt with it. You know, I didn't feel like putting a, a stick through his spokes and letting it fall <laughs> off. <laughs> I would have done years ago. Don't get me wrong, I would have done. But, you know, God had dealt with it so marvelously. spoke to that person. We talked about old times. Wow, God did it. Actually, he did it again another time, but I'll tell you about that another time. You know, God is good. And sometimes in God's dealing, you know, we want to hurry God along, don't we? I do. We, we, you know, with a problem with my eyes a couple of years. But, you know, God's going to sort it out. But God's doing it in his own way, and it, it's brilliant. So ne never give up, because it's like that song that we're singing. Even though we can't see him working, God is working. And he is working on the situations in our lives. They went to the temple to worship. They broke bread every day. You know, a lot of people think that, um, you know, we, breaking bread is just for church. Well, it isn't. Um, Billy Graham's wife wrote that she breaks bread every day, or she broke bread every day and was blessed by it. Some years ago, I remember we broke bread every day, and I don't know why we stopped doing it, really, when we went through uh, the Passover thing, we used um, the scriptures of the Jews. And uh, every day we broke bread with it. And we got blessed by it, but suddenly we didn't. Jenny uh, told one or two people in the prayer meeting. 
It could have, could have been a secret, but it isn't a secret anymore. The other day, we broke bread in the pub. I know you think I'm mad, but I am. <laughs> We've got a group of Christians in our estate, we're praying for our estate, but uh, we decided we'd come together and have fellowship. What we do is just break bread and just have fellowship with each other. The pub's given us a corner, which is opposite the snooker table. But these people are looking at us, and especially the time before, they were all looking at us, what are these weird folks doing? They've got a little glass of wine, and well, it's not wine, actually, it's fruit juice. But, and uh, they, they spoke together, they were pleasant to everybody. But this week, well, we sat there, we break bread, but there's a man watching us. He comes and sits with us. We invite him to have food. He, he didn't actually. But we spent about an hour talking to him and, and sharing. And it, it didn't upset him or offend him. But the thing that amazed me most was, was after we were all going and well, some had gone, hadn't they? And uh, there's about five or six blokes stuck in the doorway. And... They are tanked up. I don't know if you use that phrase, but we do in Chesterfield. They, they were totally tanked up. And this was only 8 o'clock. I never got tanked up at 8 o'clock. It took me a bit longer than that. <laughs> and um, we, we had a... Oh, really sorry. We had a right ch chat with this man, and he, he was saying he, he used to go to church, but he, he doesn't anymore. But... Um, um, it seems as though we'd had trouble with um, drugs in the past and some Christian organisation must have been involved. And well, we, we had a good chat with him, even though we couldn't understand some of the words he was saying. But uh, it was good because we felt the Holy Spirit there because uh, there, was, there was no hassle, there was no aggro and everything. They all, all these men said cheerio to us when we went. And I said, well... We're going to get warm now because it's freezing cold the other night. And this bloke said, yeah, but when you get home, get a bottle out and you'll warm yourself up. <laughs> but we will see, I'm sure we will see him again. But, you know, breaking of bread, there's something that's great and wonderful and uh, we, we can do it whenever we want at home. So they broke bread continually. They had great joy. Now, I know I spoke about joy some time ago. You can't copy joy. You can't imitate it in any way. But it does draw other people to you. It draws people to Jesus as believers. It's something that's missing in this world today. I know I'm not always joyous. I get told I'm not joyous, don't I, sometimes? Are you happy? Yeah. Oh, tell your face you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> I get that regular. <laughs> no. God's your bum cooking dinner, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so much so that I bought a T-shirt and it says, Grumpy, right across the front of it. <laughs> you know, but joy is something that these early Christians had got. Isaiah 61 verse 10 says this, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me in the with the garments of salvation, arrayed me in the robe of righteousness, and they shared their meals with joy. 
You know, that we used to sing that as a chorus years ago. That's one of the worst choruses. We call them songs now, don't we? But, uh, yeah, it's one of those ones you sung over and over again. They praise God with great freedom. It's good to praise God, isn't it? It's good to have that freedom, that liberty of the Holy Spirit. Praise and, and joy run each, into each other. God inhabits the praises of his people. You know, praise is a glorious thing. It's a way of, enjoy, of uh, and working against, in, sorry, in spiritual warfare. It's to praise God. When tr troubles are hard, and it, we all go through them at times, one of the best things is to get them CDs out, or whatever, get a, no, I said elevation, but it's, it's like a different word, isn't it? <laughs> worship God. It's, it, it's, it, things drop off you when we worship God. I noticed a, a few weeks ago, we watched um, a service from uh, Jesus' image in America. Now, the wonderful thing about them is they worship God for about an hour and a half. Uh, a lot of people enjoy it because then they only preach for 10 minutes uh, at the end. But, but it was amazing. The whole our lounge, I don't know what happened, but the, the presence of God come into our, our lounge brilliantly. You know, there are many things on the internet that aren't good. But let's be honest, there's some very good things. You know, we've listened to a, a lot of, of different services that's done us good. So these Christians, they were happy. There was, their togetherness was magnetic. And all around people noticed togetherness in the Spirit of God. You know, one of the things that makes me joyous at the moment is people coming back to God. That's heard of a number of them recently. You know, they've just wandered away. Once they were on fire, but there's a treading, there's a walking back. In the spirit, you can kind of hear them walking back to God. One of the great things is joy in the church, and, and we really need it. That doesn't mean to say we walk around with a daft smile on our faces, because everybody will think we are daft. But it's, it's been joyous in God and excited. Um, there's the magnetism of togetherness, of drawing people. The devil hates it. That's why he gets us wanting to argue. I should have mentioned something right at the beginning. Years ago, when I was in church in Chesterfield, the youngsters in the church challenge the older ones to play football. Uh, but it's a bit ridiculous, like they were young and fit and we were quite old. A uh, couple of us had played football but only to about junior level. And um, after a couple of minutes, they were about two and on up. And uh, one of the men said to me, this is going to be a cricket score if we don't do anything. And he said, Let's get them all falling out. And it worked. <laughs> you, you, you should have scored there. You should have passed it over there. You know, they were so, we destroyed them. In the end, I think we won. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what the enemy tries to do to us. 
It tries to get us divided. But we know what he's up to. We know he's not ignorant of his devices. We recognize well and advance and enter into keeping God's love flowing. I just want to close in that one other uh, scripture, which is uh, 1 Peter 4, 8. And it says this, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. You see, Jesus loves us unconditionally, unrestricted. Love and forgiveness, what's the answer? Let's all do the same. Let's all do the same. I got a little message, a line that came up on my uh, phone the other day, a person called Peter Anderson, and he said this, unity precedes revival. And when there's unity in the church, things begin to happen. And I'm sure things will happen. But let's work at it. Let's work at it. Let's be ready in these times. Because I don't know what's happening. I keep praying, Lord, come quickly at the moment. I must be honest. I go out and say, Lord, come, because things are, are getting on top. But let's be that church. And I know we're way on that way to it. Of togetherness. Harmony. Let others see all around Derbyshire. I'm biased. I think Derbyshire is the greatest place on earth. There's only one place I've seen to equal it, and that was the foothills of Nepal. Let's let that love flow among us. Let it be seen. And I'm sure it will draw others. People in Matlock saying, oh, in that church, they're happy, they're joyous. We're getting there. But let's press on. Time's short, but let's be those people. I've finished, and thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks, Ian. Really good word. Lots of little nuggets in there, especially the bit about leader. Pray for your leaders and uh, look after your leaders and give them lots of cake. Do you remember that bit? <laughs> Really important. <laughs> Sorry? How long are you preaching? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, though, Ian. Really good. Real little words of truth and nuggets that are, are worth thinking about. So thank you so much. Really excellent. Unity is absolutely key uh, to any church and uh, so important in the Holy Spirit. One mind, one heart, one spirit. And the enemy will seek to come in and destroy that in any way we can. We need to be aware of that. Let's be careful what we say. Let's be careful of gossip. Let's be careful of just saying things that are not quite right. You know, with our tongue, we can bring joy or we can destroy. It's worth remembering that. Let's always try and build up people and encourage people with what we say and what we do.